It's Kritka. Is essentially a giant spider about the size of a horse. I hate everything about this. Yeah, I'm out. Sorry, I'm a hugger. So my client's on the way. She should be station side in about a day. You're approaching a sleek, almost teardrop-shaped battle cruiser with the same glint coppery paint job around the bulk of it. She's a human woman, looking of about kind of middle age, with coppery red hair and piercing gold eyes. Now where's my gem? Welcome, one and all, to the Die by the Dice podcast. We're an actual play tabletop RPG in Starfinder. Thank you for joining us on our space adventure. I'm John, and I'll be the GM for this game. I'm Jessica, and I'm playing Noemi Domash, a Lashunta Technomancer and Captain of the Gep. Just pop on that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am Lisa. I'm playing Curse Sylvana, an Avesque soldier. I'm Tom. I'm playing Lycos 9, an android Solarian. And I'm Brent. I'm playing Sparks, the Ahsoki mechanic. All right, and before we get too far into our episode today, that is to say any further, I want to thank everyone who's listened so far for season two. We've made some great strides this year and had a bunch of plays more so than 2016 and 2017 could bind. We're still doing our giveaway, so if you want to go ahead and win a set of dice, uh, you can see the pictures of them on our Twitter, but you can also go ahead and just send this email at die by the dice, or sorry, email us to die by the dice at gmail.com and somewhere in the body put uh, 1045, that's the number of plays that beat our record. And in the subject line, put giveaway. So subject giveaway, body is 1045, and you'll get a free set of dice. There's some pretty cool stuff in there. So let's get started. Avala Grenade leans out heavily over her desk, gives you a look with a serious gleam in her piercing gold eyes. So where is my gem? I look at the captain. I look at Sparks. I look I at look Sparks. Her. <laughs> look at <laughs> I'll look I'll look at Lyco Knight. When she looks at me, Lycos just reach over, reaches over and knocks on his chest. All right, thanks. Uh, <clears throat> what kind of gem are we talking about here? The one that I've already been informed you've bonded with. Well, yeah, cat's out of the bag, I guess, <laughs> on that one. Thanks, thanks, bud. <laughs> She's, like, staring at Lycos. I didn't inform her. I'm pretty sure somebody else did. That was why I wasn't trying to be coy about it. <sighs> All right, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's stuck in my chest, apparently. Check this shit out. And he just, like... Pulls his vest down. Oh, I'm well familiar with the process. Ah, That's well, why that I... makes one of us. What the hell is this thing? It's a key. To what? To a very necessary power that I was, had gone through a great length to make ready to acquire. A candidate had already been picked out. <laughs> Generations of selected breeding. For the perfect soldier, probably. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that that's not me. How old does she look? Uh, she looks about 45. What kind of race does she look like? She looks human. Did nobody else pick up on that she said generations and she's been the one preparing? Eh. <laughs> Is she incredibly pale? Uh, no, she actually has sort of a well-tanned looking skin. Space tanning beds. For the moment, I'm staying quiet, but I'm trying to see if I can, like, catch her reflection in something. Okay. <laughs> space vampires. Well, we already had space zombies, so... So anyway, yeah, like I said, I'm going to go ahead and guess you're not referring to me. No, I have not been monitoring your bloodline. So well, tell maybe me. you should. I mean, what's wrong, with, what's wrong with mine? The candidate had already been put through a crucible to make them ready. The fact that you're still alive is, one, a little baffling, but two... A bit infuriating, too. 
It would be so much easier if the gem had just killed you upon bonding and soft right off of your corpse. Yeah, yeah, much easier. Yeah, you're right. Totally. Definitely. Except for everything about that definitely sounds like it would suck for me, specifically. <laughs> um, well, you know, I didn't look for this thing, lady. It found me. You ever think about that? Maybe it wanted to be with me. <laughs> so are you offering to take the position then? As my champion? Hell no. Well, maybe. I don't know what that means. Well, I suppose that's possibly one alternative. The other is I tear it and your still beating heart out of your chest, and then the problem of your bonding is solved. Would you care to elaborate more on option A? <laughs> <laughs> or, alternatively, is there a door number three? Kura is going to sort of shift her weight slightly so that she's closer to Sparks. Make a diplomacy check. Oh, guess who's got a plus zero? And roll the four. <laughs> I'm very convincing. I say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> she sees you, Kerr, scoot over towards Sparks. Not scoot, just sort of shift. It, she notices it. Okay. And she says, and you would defend this one. This thieving rat. Hey, I didn't thief shit. Well, from you. To be today. Fair, <laughs> to be fair to him, it was an accident. When we tried to make the drop-off, we were attacked via orbital bombardment. She, like, waves your hand to cut you off. Apparently I'm cutting myself off through stuttering, so. <laughs> Hey, yeah, wait a minute. Was that you we have to thank for that? Because really, if it is, if it was you, you kind of have yourself to thank for that. We only got to this thing because of that. The orbital bombardment? Is that what you're talking that, about? That, specifically, yes. Oh, look at people who can say words. <laughs> Now I just want to say orbital bombardment just to say it. <laughs> uh, you got to stumble. I did. <laughs> you see her face kind of like skew with anger. And she says, you would dare presume blame me for the things that have happened. You lot have ruined decades of preparation. And you seek to blame to put that on my head. As she uh, does it, she like slams her hands down on the desk and you can hear like a, a heavy thump. Hmm. Um, it's a thick, well-built desk. Probably weighs about seven, eight hundred pounds. You recognize it as Nalwood, imported at no small expense from out in the vast. You know, it's got a beautiful, rich color to it. And just like the fact that she has a desk made out of it is just like reeking wealth. Sparks uh, leans back in his chair and crosses his arms over his chest. Like, look, lady, I'm not placing the blame on anybody, but somebody's reacting a little bit much, if you ask me. We don't mean any disrespect. I apologize for my compatriots. Um... You have to understand, it was a very traumatic event, being nearly killed. So, apologies for, for the outburst. Make a diplomacy check, please. 22. All right, she seems to settle a little bit. And she says, So then, Miss Domash, how would you propose you make restitution for the actions of you and your comrades? Well, could you elaborate more about this champion that you need? Is this a requirement? I mean, I, I see that this is why you wanted the gem. And what exactly am I supposed to be championing here as he's, like, looking around the building? The ship, I guess. As I mentioned, it is a key that unlocks a, a trove of power. In the wrong hands, it would be devastating for the Pact Worlds and for the cosmos at large. In the proper hands, it could be wielded for the benefit of all. He just started spacing out a little bit at the term cosmic power and just kind of, like, trying to imagine what that means. Just think of the genie from Aladdin. <laughs> Phenomenal <laughs> cosmic, cosmic power. power. 
Simon Smith's. So he kind of looks over at her and just, go on. She uh, kind of looks back at you and says, Avarice? Avarice? She seems to kind of have the, the soul read on your <laughs> reaction there. He kind of snaps out of it. Uh, purely for academic purposes, of course. She takes a tip to the side and with one hand grabs the corner of the desk mm-hmm. and then flings it across the room, like, effortlessly. It mm-hmm. smashes, like, a child's toy against the far wall. To its credit, the desk largely holds up, but there's a about six-inch divot in the middle wall where it hits. Ooh, that's going to uh, be expensive. She begins stalking forward, and she says, This power is not to be used for personal gain. Uh, as she st- begins to step forward, her eyes glow with a radiant light. She says, this is to be used for the benefit of all things. And as she does, uh, her form begins to twist and distort. Her flowing coppery hair becomes a mane of coppery scales. Her skin shifts and goes from a, a rich tan to a shiny coppery sheen. And in a matter of moments, she's shifted into an enormous dragon that dominates the bulk of the chamber you're inside of. A copper dragon? A copper dragon. Just taking a wild guess there. Yeah. <laughs> I... Holy crap, do that again. That was cool. Uh, as you're like, do that again. A huge she, claw. I'm going to step in front of Sparks. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not raising my weapons or anything like that. I'm just stepping in front and saying, we just want to understand. Please explain. If the claw moves towards him, I, Lycos like, grabs uh, Sparks and just tries to essentially throw him out of the way. All right. Then Lycos make a reflex saving throw. Kerr. <laughs> Kerr make an intimidation check. I'm not trying. Okay. Six. Eight. Great. Not, we are fair, I wasn't trying this. to intimidate. I was trying to calm her down and just de-escalate the situation. Okay. I'm trying to not have uh, Sparks die. Can I do a diplomacy check instead? Because I was trying to not be intimidating. I was trying to... Well, hold on a sec. Ugh, okay. So... I was deliberately not trying to provoke her. The claw strikes out, sort of shoving past Euchre. And just scoops up sparks in its hand like a like an adult with a, a small doll. Mm. A morsel like you would dare to try to dictate terms of this thing. You have no idea the power that you have been bestowed with. You're right, I don't. You won't tell me what the hell it is. You're pretty cheeky for being <laughs> grappled by a dragon. Make a constitution saving throw. That's gonna be... 21. Okay. Uh, you're being like medium crushed. Uh... <laughs> Is uh, dragon fear going on at all? Uh, it hasn't yet. Okay. But you all... Somebody knows yeah. things about dragons. <laughs> it's almost like I've played D&D for a very long time. <laughs> Weird. Right. How high off so, the ground is he? She's holding him about 10 feet in the air. So I can't just tug him out. You could like probably jump and grab his leg. But I'm gonna do that, that might not go well for Sparks. <laughs> yeah, he might be degloved. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Noemi, what are you doing? Um. Wow. I haven't really decided here. Um, what can we do to make this better from wherever position I've landed in after my unsuccessful attempt to save Sparks? Can I jump up and grab the claw that's holding him? Not necessarily Sparks, but... Don't attack her. I'm not attacking. I'm just trying to get him down. <laughs> All right. So as you ask your question, Lycos 9, Kerr goes to like kind of readies herself to leap up and... Well, I see that Kerr is attempting to... Um, engage and i i grab her by the arm and i say this is not the time to to uh try to fight a dragon yes captain so sparks is like struggling around in the grip he's like all right all right everybody calm down this is this is getting a little out of hand here 
<laughs> well, I suppose I'm not. But <laughs> you know, if you want to put us down and maybe let's uh, let's let's talk this over. We don't, you know, you can't get mad at us for not knowing what we're dealing with here. It's like not our fault. This thing just kind of fell on me and it happened. You said they turned into Groucho Marx. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wise guy, huh? <laughs> so. She looks. She's kind of ignoring you, and as you're talking, you get, she kind of squeezes a little tighter. To, hey, this is the opposite of what I said. But uh, she looks at you like as nine, and says, "If your comrade, <clears throat> sorry, I'm in dragon voice now. <laughs> if you want your comrade to be unharmed in this, you lot will need to champion the cause. I will need to find a new crucible for you all. The old one has been used up in the last forging." But if you will take upon this mantle for the greater good of the cosmos, then I suppose I can spare your friend. Done. Whatever it takes. I'm touched. <laughs> this is very nice. She drops you into, like, on top of Kerr. Wolf. <laughs> yeah, you, you catch him with no problem. <laughs> I'm just holding you now, like... You can, you can put me down. Now. Okay. Thank you, though. That was that was also nice. <laughs> I'll put him down. I appreciate not being splattered on the floor. All right, she takes a few half steps back and then shifts back into human form. The change is actually pretty smooth. There's no kind of like bulgy distortions. It just kind of like shrinks and changes, and then you almost can't perceive the in-between. Suddenly, there's a person there in front of you. Are the chairs still there? The chairs have all been kind of knocked to the ground in the commotion, but they're still there. I'm going to pick one up and set it down, and then put my hand just, like, on the back of it, like, pulling a chair out for the captain. So fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to de-escalate. We're going into information times, hopefully, so. Let's all sit down. Besides there the crucible, go. what is it that you need of us? The crucible will be the first step in acquiring this. Uh, this much I know. Some of the other details are a little bit hazy. You mortals and your are less affected by the gap. But for long-lived folks like myself... There is much of my own life that I don't fully understand, never mind artifacts that were ancient even when I was young. So what does the crucible entail? It is a means of proving one's worth, not just to me, but to the gods and to the powers that you seek to influence. It is a, a series of challenges. The specifics will be depending on what we can find. These sort of nexus points of energy are not on every street corner or every station. Ms. Domash. That's fair. So will we be expected to be at the ready for when one of these events occur? Or will we need to stay here? Or I would not presume to keep anyone under my thumb or in a cage until such time as they are needed. But you will need to be at my, my beck and call for this. When something becomes available... It'll be a drop-everything situation. And I assume you'll only want the four of us. We do have additional crew. A starship is a large undertaking, I understand. And she sort of motions to the battlecruiser around, which presumably has a crew of dozens or possibly hundreds. Whatever you need to accomplish the task given to you is acceptable. But you lot are my chosen. As she says, she kind of looks to Kerr and says, For your bravery... You will be an admirable vanguard. She looks at Lycos. For your calm-headedness, you will do well to temper the hot-bloodedness of your comrades. I nod. My, uh, like, circuitry lights dim a little bit. 
She looks at you, Noemi, and says, uh, Your leadership skills will be required to hold this group together. And she looks at you, Sparks. Sparks pops up a little bit, pointing to himself, like, <laughs> how, about, how about me? <laughs> I suppose you happen to touch the gem, and so it's bound to you. Good job surrounding yourself with good people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> just crestfallen. Like, yeah. Don't worry. You're, we know you're a really good engineer, and don't, don't, even, don't even worry about it. You got all those computers. You're fine. She just doesn't know that about you. Can we give him a pep talk when we're not in front of the dragon? <laughs> all right. Yeah, I guess I had that one coming. But uh, look, you really haven't told us that much about what this thing is yet. Like, what? what is this? Like, I know you said it's a key. I know you said it's power, whatever. Well, like, that, I mean, that's still pretty vague. It's an ancient artifact gem. That does what? Opens the door. To where? Power. Why? Because someone made it to do that. Who? To be honest with you, Kerr, I'm not exactly sure. You've, you've lived your whole life on the other side of the gap. I only remember a fraction of mine. And information on other things from beyond that time is hazy at best. Then why do you want it? What's your motivation? <laughs> she I says, think interrogating the dragon is a bad idea. I'm just saying, if she's answering questions now, might as well try. If one of such as myself does not take the helm of this thing, then who knows who can have it? I've been informed that Dalen Ravane already made an attempt on the gem. Yeah. Yeah, this is all pretty much his fault. If he were to get a hold of it, the potential the amount of destruction to be done is almost unfathomable. Well, potentially. Forgive me, but I have sort of my own motivations for not letting him have it, if you know what I mean. I kind of like it planted where it is right now. There is, admittedly, a fair amount of guesswork and supposition in everything I'm telling you here. But it's a key and a shield, and unlocks something of great power. Of that I can be sure. Okay, well, uh, sounds like we're on board, so... Lead the way, dragon lady. I, I do have a question, uh, potentially to protect both your interest and his interest in his own continuing life. On the off chance that this is potentially detectable by magic, and Ravane would be potentially using such things to find him, do we have any way to shield him and that aura that he may be generating? The aura of the gem is one that's only detectable under short ranges. Hmm. A... Mage close by detecting magic will certainly find it, but over long distances is more difficult to detect. I only found out about it going to auction because I keep my eye on such things, not through any arcane means. Since you knew about Ravane making an attempt on the gem, do you have any way to track him or anyone else who is clearly after it so that we can do a little bit of preemptive protection? I only knew Ravane is after it because of your descriptions to Harvest, my agent. Yeah. I'm like, she knows what she knows because we told her, essentially. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Harvest completely. <laughs> oh, poor guy. I think that's his continuing problem in life. <laughs> I know dragons are presumed to be all-powerful, but it is not entirely the case. Well, you clearly have resources. Just checking in case you were able to point us in the right direction. Clairvoyant, I am not, sadly. I wanna fight someone. <laughs> I, I, I let just her know. Pick a fight with your guards. <laughs> <laughs> I let her know that we did um, 
I, I'm forthright about that we told the stewards about um, Dalen and having uh, seen him and where. I should hope so. If that is a fight they wish to take up, I wholeheartedly endorse it. Uh, the stewards do good work. I would aid them in whatever way they need. So, Miss Grenad, since we will be at your beck and call, um, this may affect my business. Is there any sort of... I, I know Sparks sort of got us into this. Hey! But is, but is there any compensation possible for our time? I suppose a fee to keep you on retainer is only fair. While it is Sparks who is on the hook for his transgression, you lot are all being paid for his protection effectively in this. So, yes, that is only fair. What, what, may I ask what, what our retainer shall be? Perhaps we can negotiate? I will grant you all 3,500 credits up front and an ongoing retainer of 1,500 a month. Let me confer with my uh, crew. And I, so I, I try not to seem too like, holy crap, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, do we all think this is fair? We, now, is it 3,500 a piece and 1,500 a piece per month? Yes. Okay. It's not what I'm thinking about, but yes. What are you thinking about? Dragons keep hordes and she's paying in credits. So is she hoarding credits? Or is there a hole, uh, is her hold full of gold and she transfers it to credits? Would you, you, be, would you prefer to be... Ask? I'm, we're whispering this, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Oh, so like, she, she just answers and she says, okay. Would you prefer to be paid in art objects or baubles, perhaps? No, this is idle curiosity more than anything. Perhaps a magical chalice would be more of your liking. Do you have one of those? I have several. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I think I need to eat more than I need a magical chalice. Though it is tempting. Oh, very well. Hey, a minute ago I thought she was going to eat me, so this sounds way better. <laughs> but I appreciate the offer. Does anybody else want any magical chalices? <laughs> Kerr is having none of this. Alright, that seems like a fair price. My crew and I have agreed. Alright, she takes a data pad out of her pocket and then punches a few things and kind of makes like a flicking gesture and then all of you get a little like bing on your, your personal data pads of like credit received. Hmm. Uh, she says you will also be required to have this. And she reaches into the same pouch in fact and pulls out a chestnut sized stone. The stone is almost perfectly smooth like a billiards ball except on the six cardinal points for it there are runes inscribed. Uh, she hands it to you Noemi. I do detect magic on it. You detect divination magic on it. Okay. She says, This is a stone of far speech. It will allow the communication over any distance on the same plane. Keep it on your person at all times. Of course. Do we have any sort of... I know you said that these things aren't uh, at any regular intervals. Do you have any sense? Is this going to be a day, a week, a month, a year? I will set my scribes and researchers on it immediately. In the meantime, if you would do me a favor, if Sparks is to pass away for some reason, uh, do not grip the gem in your hands. Use a bag or some sort to, to lift it up so as to not have it rebond. 
Uh, my champion is still at the ready just in case. We will do everything we can to prevent that from occurring, but your uh, your direction is noted. Yeah, I'll try not to let my corpse fall on anybody. Out of character, I'm just imagining like he's dying, we're giving him CPR, and then like the hands are still like on his chest. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 he no. dies, and then he bonds with the next person. We're like, well, you see. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> You're going to laugh at this. Yeah. I have other arrangements to make and things to take care of. There's nothing else, and waves you a lot of ways, much as he did to Harvest. Thank you for your time, and uh, we'll see you soon. Oh, I'm counting on it. The doors in the far end of the chamber open up and you see the same escort that brought you in kind of waiting for you to leave. Also, from the opposite side, a pair of servants or kind of a servitors come in and begin resetting the desk from the smashed side of the wall. And one begins kind of like to work, start working the dent <laughs> out. Do they seem like they've done that before? Certainly. <laughs> it's just a normal Tuesday. So you're brought back through the... Uh, so you're brought back through the winding, gilded corridors of her battle cruiser back to the docking bay. Do we see Harvest anywhere? He's waiting for you all in the docking bay. Okay. He kind of gives you like a, a look, kind of like a like a kick dog, and he's like, "Oh, hey, how'd everything? Uh, how'd everything go?" As good as to be expected, given We're the circumstance. Yes. Yeah, that escalated quickly. Um, we're currently on retainer. Oh, okay. So, so that's good. Uh, it's not bad. Could be worse. Sparks can attest to that. Yup, sure can. The shuttle begins prepping for takeoff. You're ushered back in the same kind of limousine-style, well-appointed uh, shuttle. As you're flying back to Absalom, Harvest, he begins speaking telepathically. Oh, yeah, that arrangement you wanted with the Downside Kings. I've got that made for you. And he reaches into his coat and pulls out a, like, a little credit card-sized chit and he hands it to you know what i mean i don't think we need that because i think we were doing it to inspect the gem yeah i think we were looking for a doctor if i remember correctly oh yeah to try to get that out of your chest yeah i think we very directly don't do that now if anyone's giving you trouble you can tell them that nero is granting you safe passage i yeah this could still come in handy uh when do you think you'd be heading down there well <laughs> so, the reason that we were trying to get down there was because of the uh, aforementioned gem in Sparks' chests. We no longer need to do that, as it, because of this meeting. Well, it might be a good idea to at least go and say hi. Having a doctor you can count amongst your friends is always a good idea. We do get shot a lot. That is not untrue. <laughs> I love the subtle light. Meet the fucking doctor. Go meet the doctor. <laughs> hey, do you want to meet the doctor? Hey, we should probably meet the doctor. <laughs> There's this doctor. <laughs> Is that going to be the doctor in our ship? No. We do have a med bay now. It's brand new. Top of the line? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Sparks just shakes his head. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. We're still going to be lucky if this thing doesn't kill us. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if we have this strong desire to meet this doctor, I don't see any reason not to do it right away. I mean, I didn't end up getting eaten by the dragon lady, so, like, my afternoon's clear. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it just depends what time of day it is when we return. It'll be, like, 
It'll be early afternoon when you get back to Absalom Station. Okay. And it takes a couple hours to get down to that area, doesn't it? That's correct. So as long as we're not there after dark, right? That seems safer. You know that down in that section of the spike, there is always kind of like a more dusky light level. Just this place is in less good repair, and that includes the lighting systems. So it always kind of has this like late afternoon, early evening, even at the brightest, which some sociologists attest to the general level of increased crime and anger with the lower level of brightness that you don't really get in the eye, which is you know beautiful and radiant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't see any reason we shouldn't head down there. Meet your Dr. Jakar. All right, well, off to gang territory then. <laughs> we start walking down the way, I guess. We know how to get there now. We've yeah, been there we before. So the trip is uneventful. It takes a couple hours. And eventually the lift comes down to floor 83 of the spike. You get through and you can see the kind of rundown streets, the downside kings tags denoting territory. You see a few familiar looking faces from the last time you were here. Uh, one of them immediately comes walking over. Uh, you recognize him as the one that sort of gave you the send off. And he says, uh, I wasn't expecting you to lot back so soon. Now we have safe passage from Nero. Oh, Volatus gave you his word? Well, then, far be it for me to give you any hassle. And he kind of raises his hands and takes a few steps back, uh, returns to his stoop. Okay, and then... Says motive, see how sarcastic this guy's being? Because that didn't seem fully on the up and up. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Whoop. Two. <laughs> <laughs> he is totally on the up and up. What a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a treasure. He seems sincere, even though he kind of has like a shitty look on his face. And That's just how his face looks. It might just be the case. Oh, now that you're here, the little chit you've get, been given gives a little chime and an address appears on it. Okay. So I will attempt to follow that address. I assume it's some sort of GPS. I mean, it's the future. You can just plug it into like one of your data pads and, and get there. Cool. You make your way down a number of side streets and eventually find your way to a veterinary clinic. <laughs> so your doctor friend works as a vet? Apparently. <laughs> All right. Is there, is there a door that's obvious? Just walking? Mm -hmm. Does it say like Dr. Jakar? <laughs> Out of character, where is veterinary stuff drawn here? Because I mean, we, we have like bipedal, what we would consider animals. Is it just non-sentient things? Yeah, basically, sapients go to hospitals, non-sapients go to vets. Okay. I want to ask that out of character, because I don't think Lycos would actually make an offensive question like that in character. Like, <laughs> well, we do have, like, a lizard person and a rat person, so, I mean... <laughs> so do they go to the vet, or...? Do they go to the vet? <laughs> yeah, it just says veterinarian, and it's in a few different scripts above the door. Okay. Uh, All right. You can see some lights on inside, but otherwise it appears to be... It's not exactly bustling, and it's kind of down a like a side street to get here in the first place. Kerr, do you want to go in first? Yes, I do. So I'm going to open the door and walk in. All right. There's a small waiting room. In the small waiting room, there's a slight smell of kind of disinfectant and animal musk. Uh, there is a single reception area desk, which is currently empty, and a single door leading back into kind of the office proper. On the left, there are a number of small seats, just kind of cheap plastic. And sitting in one of those seats is a slightly larger than human-sized humanoid. It has 
leathery purple skin and three clawed fingers on each of its hands. Uh, Its head is bulbous with four octopus-like tentacles hanging from its jaw. I'm going to attempt to identify this. Um, Please do. Life sciences. 28. It is an illithid, uh, commonly known as a mind flayer. These are horrible creatures who live in the depths of the underground. It's clad in heavy black robes inscribed with eldritch sigils, and it holds a calico cat in its clawed hands. The cat, after a few seconds, yowls plaintively. Um, (laughs) And it gives it a... Understandably so. It gives it a soft pet and then sort of glares at the lot of you, as though daring you to say something. (laughs) Can we tell that is glaring? The illithid? Yes. Yeah, kind of like, like its eyes squint a little bit and kind of gives you a look like, say something, <laughs> a-holes. <laughs> Greetings. The eyes kind of narrow a little bit further and it sort of waves uh, one of its clawed hands at a lot of you. Is there a counter or like a, a bell? There is please? not, no. Is there anybody else in the shop? Any other noises we can hear? Somebody in the back room? You can hear noise from the, the room beyond. How many chairs are there? There are two remaining chairs. I will stand if anyone chooses to sit next to the mind flare. Staring at the thing, like off in the corner. <laughs> uh, Kurt, do you want to see if maybe your friend is I'm going to knock on the counter. All right, all right. Just a moment. Good luck with that, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so the door swings open and you see a, a Vesk walk through. Standing about 7'2 or so, she has to duck her head a little bit as she comes to the doorway. She has a large crossed scar across like the bridge of her snout that goes from one temple to your opposite jawbone, kind of in each direction. You recognize this, Kerr, as a branding of disgrace that she's an exile from the Viscarium. She sees you. Kerr Sylvanen, what brings you to my neck of the woods? I never thought I'd see that face again. It has been a while. We have a story for you if you have time. I'm with a patient right now, and I've got another... And then she uh, kind of winces a little bit, and she says, looks to the mind flare, and she says, Yes, yes, I know. And I've got another one waiting. If you give me about an hour, I should be free. Sounds good. I'll see you in an hour. Good to see you again, old friend. <laughs> I asked the elephant if I can pet its cat. Politely. I asked politely. Out of character. I forgot how I knew this person. It's been so long. When you last saw her, she was a combat medic with the Viscarium. Can roll diplomacy if that helps? Yeah, sure. Yeah. My first not a horrible roll that I... 22. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> you... Have like a it's a telepathic communication to you. It says, "Ragnar is not feeling well. I would not like to have him touched by anyone but myself." I just kind of not understood. Do I know that I can communicate back with the telepath- telepathic? Because I know I do it with Noemi. If the telepath is allowing telepathic communication, backwards. I have no way to determine that. Right. Okay. So then I speak. Um, I nod. Well, I would not want to make Ragnar more sick. It's a very fine-looking animal. It seems to like kind of soften its glare a little bit and then kind of gives its cat a few more kind of protective pets. The cat's like, Aah. it actually sounds pretty ill. <laughs> <laughs> so we have an hour to kill. In the good part of town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So should we just loiter in this alleyway for an hour? <laughs> Try not to make too much of a ruckus? I mean, what could go wrong, right? Yeah, let's not like get drunk or anything or touch weird gems and well, strange you cases. Well, you gotta look at me like that <laughs> when you say. <laughs> what else is around here? As we were walking up, did we see any other shops or establishments? Yes, there's a, a gaming hall on the way in that you passed. There are a few different bars. There's like an overnight motel. There's like an hourly motel. There are a number of kind of dwellings and like apartment buildings and places to live. There were a couple of nightclubs. You hear some kind of pounding music locally up the street as you walk by a side alleyway there. Uh, certainly plenty of places where you can spend some time. There was an arcade. So do we want to grab a bite to eat? Sure. All right. I kind of want to get a cat for the shit now. <laughs> do you, does Lycos 9 express this? Yeah, thinking about it. <laughs> He's thinking about it. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> I want to call him something obvious, like awful, like Mr. Buttons or something. <laughs> Space cat. Space cat. <laughs> call him SC for short. All right, so we find what we hope to be of all the places of that are, they're all disreputable. I assume since we're here in the spike, it's there's certain like various levels of, <laughs> yes, there, definitely. There's certainly varying levels of quality to them, but without knowing them well or kind of popping your head in, it's kind of tough to tell from just the outside because the level of repair on the street is fairly low kind of uniformly. Okay. But I can give you the names of a few. Okay. Of them. There can, we go. Let well, me know which one you want to go for. We'll judge a book by its cover. Perfect. Of the areas you've looked at, there are three ones that sort of stick out to you. Okay. There's the nicest vicest, which is a vapor den. There are tens and twenties, which is a gaming parlor. And there's Nancy's, which seems to be a bar. You know what I'm voting for. <laughs> Nancy's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it seems like the, the, ni the, the best place. I'm not a huge vapor. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, would now you? I know what to vote on whether she vapes or not. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want your Fruity Pebbles flavored vaping? Nah. <laughs> I gave that up in the youth. <laughs> to the bar, then. Yeah, good on Nancy's. The song of my heart. So you head into Nancy's and think of your classic movie dive bar. There's some tonky music playing on the jukebox. Uh, behind the bar is a human woman, probably in her late 50s, heavily built and kind of with a a scowl on her face, even as like new custom is coming in. She doesn't really seem to be happy about it or anything else going on. And she's cleaning a glass as you come in. There are a couple people kind of off to themselves. No one seems to be really here as a group. It's just kind of some individual loners who are all drinking alone together. There are some flashing advertisements for various uh, intoxicants, and you can see the bar, while a little bit dirty, is certainly well-stocked. Oh, also, as you enter you notice that be like flanking the door on either side are a couple of people who don't seem to be kind of drinking their sorrows away but actually matching nancy's scowl for scowl and both of them have very prominent downside king's tattoos on them and nancy kind of gives you all a look and says uh well, what do you have and sparks what do you recommend oh man as he's like eyeing the wall looking up and down I don't know what's there. So. Space whiskey. <laughs> Space whiskey. I'm going to order the same drink that I got last time, which was a Shrikeken Prime. Or no, a Shrikeken Prime 5? Shrikeken Prime or Shrikeken 5 are both different drinks. 
they are essentially the same thing, but brewed from a different location, different planet. I'll get the five. Please. <laughs> Kerr asks sweetly. <laughs> Directly. She goes to reach for the, like down into the, she goes to reach down into the refrigerator. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> she goes to reach down into the refrigerator. And as she does, you all hear a heavy thump from the door as it's shoved inward. Uh, as you turn around, you see a trio of armed men breach into the room. One of them unloads a scatter gun into one of the two guards. And if he's not dead, he's very shortly going to be there. The other one takes the butt of his long arm and just claps the other one in the face, throwing him to the ground. The third takes a automatic rifle and sweeps it across the room, not firing, but kind of aiming across, and says, Nobody move! This is a robbery! And that's where we'll end for tonight. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> oh, that. They're totally moving as soon as the game starts again. <laughs> So thank you all for joining us on this episode of the Die by the Dice podcast. We're having a great time and I hope you are too. As I mentioned at the start, we're still having that drawing to win a set of dice. So email us, diebythedice at gmail.com. Give away in the subject line in 1045, somewhere in the body. We appreciate it and... Hope to hear from you soon. Yeah, could not have said it better myself. There you go. Deuces. Of all the bars and all the towns they had to walk into ours. <laughs> well, hold on. We still got to do the rest of the outro. Like the, <laughs> follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Easily review and stuff. So we can just be like, what's up, everybody? What he just said. Follow us on Twitter. And stop. <laughs> <laughs> everybody. Follow us on Twitter at Die by the Dice. And if you could leave a comment on your podcast listening software of choice, that would be wonderful for us. Thank you again. And we'll see you next time.